Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hola, bienvenidos, everyone. Welcome. I am so excited to bring on someone that I love so much, that we're friends. I mean, I got her on speed dial. She got me on speed dial when it comes to getting our intuitive, you know, hits and information and support. Please, everyone, open our hearts and our minds and our souls to Heather Carlucci. Heather! Hi, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you, girl. Um, before we get into it, I want to share a little more. Everyone, I want you to know before I read her bio that she's been here before. She's been highlighted as one of the experts in ancestrally rooted business, as a medical intuitive, as a business owner, uh, many different businesses. And so I wanted to bring her back to talk about many things. And before we get into that, let's get into Heather's bio. Heather Carlucci is an internationally renowned psychic medium and medical intuitive. She works extensively with doctors and other healthcare professionals to find diagnosis undetected by Western medicine. With her decades of experience as an entrepreneur, Heather also works with CEOs, creatives, and other leaders to work through psychic blocks and business projections. She lives in New York City. So Heather, I know that you spent many years in the restaurant world. I want to touch on that a little before we go into... Um, sure. Was there a single, was there a single event or something that was building where you were like, yeah, I'm a psychic medium in a chef's like world or, you know what I mean? <laughs> did you, did it build or was it something that you always knew or was it that the time had come? I'm like, so curious about that. It's a little bit of both. Obviously it kept tapping on my shoulder and I was like, you know, I'm busy. I'm doing my thing. I'm, you know, I'm ego based, right? Yeah. And and one day I found myself suddenly a single parent. Uh, and also for the first time in 30 years, I fell out of love with being a chef. And in order to do that lifestyle, you must be madly in love. And it was like, oh, this is what the feelings were sort of feeling. It wasn't just one part of my life. It was many things. Um, and there was really not much I I knew how to do. I didn't really uh, get the message until, A, I couldn't get any jobs outside of the kitchen. I wanted to be present for my daughter. And a friend of mine was like, shook a finger at me. He was like, dude, you you should be doing this work. It's your life's calling. Uh, and it was, it was that push that got me. I was like, you know what? Let's just do this, especially because I felt suddenly it was, I felt so much clearer on um the ability my ability I don't like to call it a gift but my ability was really like okay you've come to a point in which like you could give people their money's worth and you could feel confident because you don't want to walk into a room and not feel confident 
And, and then I just did it. I love that so much. And I think it's really important what you just said about being in love with something for me, like being 12 years online, doing all the things that I do, like I have to be, I'm in love with it. Yes. It's like, my husband's like, there's no way that you're doing hypnosis, listening to people crying, doing the thing, doing the readings, teaching the classes. And so for, I think maybe some people can still pull through or do what they have to do, but they're definitely very passionate and sold people who are like, I must love what I do. Um, And so the transition why medical intuition, right? Because like I pick up stuff, but I don't say like I'm a medical intuitive, even though medical intuition flows through me. How did that like become your focus or one of your focuses? Because I know that you also work with business, et cetera. Um, Medical intuition really was the thing when I look back as to what I was, what was the strongest for me always uh, back to the time I was around 12. So it really is, it's my, it's my comfort zone. Uh, now everything, you know, when you do things professionally, you have to do them all the time. And, you know, you're like, I can, what is it? I'll do it. But uh, I'll find it within myself, I should say. But medical into it to this day is still sort of like, it's so strong. It's so like part of even my, my breathing, my ability to just be a human that it, it almost, it comes naturally. Um, also, it it is something that allows me to connect with people uh, in a way that sometimes when you sit down as a psychic medium, when I if I start to read a little bit medically first, a it helps me tune into the person physically, yeah. yes. and also people react differently to suddenly about their bodies. They can a uh, con- confirm to themselves and to me, the evidence is there. I'm like, oh, this is going on with you. Like, how did you know, right, immediately? Um, And also, people will focus in on me if I'm talking about their health differently than like, you know, because everyone is sort of like, oh, money's coming in or love is coming or, you know, something like that, or you're going to get the house, you're not going to get the house, is something that like, like, well, maybe, you know, maybe that'll happen. But the body is how we hold ourselves. And like it's of the utmost importance that we have it in order to be here in the moment. So I think I think I I have an ease with putting it forward because a it's been basically my best friend my whole life, yeah. <laughs> and and it's the thing that comes easiest and how I connect with people. I love that so much, and I love that you pointed out that <clears throat> starting with the body, people can can validate it right, like. Mm-hmm. For me, it may be an ancestor that comes through or it could be a sensation in the body that's happening in that moment. And that's the way of spirit or intuition, whatever you want to call it, going, Mira, this is on point. And so the other person can know. And it's not like we plan it, right? It just happens to us, right? Yes. The beginning of a reading is like, hey, they're really in there. You know, Heather's focusing and telling you about your body and what's happening. Vanessa's doing whatever. And so I think that that happens to us as psychic mediums where in the beginning of a reading, there's an establishing of the connection and then people understanding that they're receiving it. What do you love about doing medical intuition? Uh, well, I love the science of it. 
I think finding out things about the body is amazing. And then getting me getting confirmation about things is phenomenal. Like, I just am amazed about it. Can I tell a quick story? Of course, girl, please. That's why you're not here. Tell the story. Great. Uh, Because this is one of the things that I think is so fascinating. So um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, they considered me like advanced age, right? Whatever. I was 40. Um, And also um, I'm part Ashkenazi Jew. So they were like, you have to test for um, Tay-Sachs syndrome, right? And so I went to get an amniocentesis, right? So there's like one guy who was like on my insurance, And I go to this guy and he's sort of known for doing this particular test for this particular reason. And I walk in and I'm sitting there in in the waiting room. And I remember I walked in with a grilled cheese sandwich because I just was like, I was getting like the, you know, the munchies from being pregnant and uh, cravings. And there's a whole room of um, Hasidic Jews in there and me. And it's all pregnant women, and some of them have their husbands, and it's basically packed and me, right? So um, I got this feeling. It was so familiar. It was obviously from my medical intuition. And I was like, I know this feeling. I know this feeling. I've had it before. I'm not sure what it is. So I go in, and and I have the test done, and then I leave, and I'm walking down. Actually, it's Madison Avenue because that's where the the office was. And it hits me where I know that feeling from. And when I was a teenager, I grew up in the Bronx. And when I remember one day I was in high school. And back then, um, they used to have uh, like um, sickle cell awareness, right, at the infirmary. And I had to go to infirmary for some reason. And it was that day. And I walked in and I was in the waiting room. And and one of my friends was in there that I was talking to. And I remember the feeling in there. And I was like, this is really interesting. I got to look up like the familiar, like what is about like sort of like Tay-Sachs and sickle cell? Like what's the relationship? Because obviously two very different sets of people, you know? And I talked to a friend of mine who is a doctor and he was like, well, interestingly enough, he's like, I actually did my whole whatever studies on autosomal diseases. And those are both autosomal diseases mm-hmm. and it's a deep genetic thing that we believe happens from it's epigenetic. So past trauma. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that what we're looking at is sort of like, slavery in Egypt as opposed to like more, you know, um, American, Afro-American slavery. Wow. That we believe that it sort of sets in the gene pool in the same way. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. And he was like, it makes sense why you would read them similarly because that's how deeply it sets into the gene pool. And it's things like that, right? Because, when I read the, the the language that comes from me is very Western medical, like science medical. I don't read from like chakras or anything like that for whatever reason. I don't know why it comes to me that way. It just does. And I well, most and people as a, understand more the Western than they would the chakras. I, I believe that's a very specific too. In you. Yeah. 
Right. Absolutely. And me personally, I believe in half and half, like, you know, what I need for one, I don't need for the other and vice versa. So, um, but I've always looked at, I have other medical intuitive friends who read very much like more energetic, but I read medical and, and I was like, and that kind of thing, because it makes me want to learn more. And I think because I'm coming from sort of this, like, I don't know what I'm really talking about. There are times I've been in readings when I'm like, is this word a disease? And somebody's yep. like, yeah, I happen to have that. I was like, I don't even know that word. You right. know, just I don't know every disease in the world. No. Um, you know, it's sort of like sometimes we're doing a reading and you're reading for someone and you're like, I, I, there's a word that is, it's Russian and I don't know it. And you say it and they're like, oh my God, it's the word my grandmother used to say, right? So it's like, we get that direct. Um, but that's the, one of the things about medical intuition that like blows me away. Um, and I think as long as you, I, I assume nothing when I'm reading, I think that's really important, especially with the medical. Um, but yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the beautiful things about the connectivity between people. Mm, I love that so much. And, um, and I think that probably, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you. Do you feel like an immediate or at least some sort of immediate gratification or just, um, a joy, or gratitude within yourself that people are getting answers that they need because a lot of doctors sometimes are not spot on. Sometimes there are a lot of people who come to me who are like, they don't know what it is. Is it this? Is it that? Doctors can't find it. Is there something wrong with me? And when they get that information and they call me back, I feel like I've helped somebody in a big way. I mean, you must feel like that all the time. I do. I do. I And also because, you know, when you know what it's like when you have an ability for one thing, you have an ability for another. One of the interesting things that comes in and be like, you know, my doctor said this, my doctor said that. And I'm like, oh, wait. And the psychic thing sort of kicks in. I'm like, this is not your doctor. I was like, you're supposed to be going to another doctor. And I can just sort of describe the person like, you know what, there's somebody else in the practice or, you know, I'm like, you should be going on the east side. I don't want you to see the doctor on the west side. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but it's really important. And sometimes it's a matter or people are like, I don't want to go in there because there's something I don't like about it. And I can be like, you know what? It's the nurse. That nurse has been really short with you. I was like, go back again. She was having a bad day. Give her a minute. You're going to feel much more comfortable in the office. Like things like that come up as well. So it's sort of like this, it's very, I think like sort of the spirits get very holistic with the, with the explanation and like what we need, because what we need medically varies so much. Yes. You know, you have to feel like you're being well taken care of by everybody in the office and people have bad days. Um, you know, you, or you have to say to the doctor, like, Hey, focus, like, don't assume I'm like everybody else. This is what's going on. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, and also of course, the medical world is so like prejudice for lack of a better word about every single person, because even if somebody, even if the doctor themselves isn't, they've been taught a certain way, you know, and with an iron fist because the medical world has to, because it's, you know, it's dealing with the body and they'll focus on one organ or one system and not take into account what's happening elsewhere or assume that what works for a man works for a woman right or what one race works for another race and it's like oh honey we are all like you know finesse and 
And small little details are all about the makeup of the body and what our experience is. And we forget, we forget that. Like, why isn't, and people take it on, like, why isn't it working for me? It worked for them. And it's like, oh, it could be a million things. It could be your own trauma. It could be the fact that like you have an allergic reaction to something or they might just feel better because they needed to feel better, you know? Absolutely. And I I love that you're talking about that because um, getting well is not just about the right medicine or the right doctor. It encompasses so many layers. And so seeing someone like you will help somebody understand like, what's the emotional, what's the mental? Is it that I have to go to the East side and not the West side? Right. <laughs> it's is cultural. it that to give the nurse another chance or am I stressing myself out? I, I recently talked to a couple of people who were very like, why am I sick? Why am I sick? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And they're over 50. And I'm like, well, the things they were talking about were things that happen when we get older. So it wasn't, but they were feeling, they were almost self-flagellating. Like I'm a bad spiritual person because I'm sick. And, and you know, that was the old, I mean, love, love me some Louise Hay because she did open certain doors, but at this, who wrote, you know, you can heal your life. But at the same time, um, this almost, love and lighting your health issues away or racism away or systemic racism. Like we can't spiritually bypass all that stuff. And also, right. What is your take on somebody having a health condition is also just a lesson to other people. Like some people sometimes carry cancer. I found because in their process of healing or not, they actually help heal tons of other people around them who are watching them go through that. You know, that's true too. Yeah. We, we, you know, we will never understand the bigger circumstance of like why we're here, who we're here for. Like, we just don't know, you know, we really, we, we are, we are, one thing we can rely on is that we're all clueless and whatever works works, but there's a million reasons why exactly. Like, you know, whether it's, you're helping heal other people, people are watching you. I, I had a a couple of years ago, a dear friend of mine passed on quite suddenly. And one of the things about them passing, a friend of mine was like, I don't know how to explain the feeling I have. And I said, I can tell you how it reads if you want. And he said, yes. And I said, oh, their leaving was more about how we are all going to move on because of it. Like we're a very tight community you know, where, where I live and this person left and it was like heartbreaking. Cause it was our one big, everyone loved this person. And my friend was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense because he was a little bit of a glue. We never saw as glue. Right. But sometimes somebody is for some reason. And now we can sort of like lift up and, and move or, or continue to heal in our own way. And it was really, it was a very interesting way of looking at it for all of us, because it's easy for me to sort of say the things that read. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't somebody I'm reading for. This actually affects life, right? And you have to sit back and be like, okay, I have to step back from being the reader and be the human being for a minute, right? Yeah. So my God, that's so on point. And I'm so sorry about your friend's passing, but <clears throat> it's true that there's so mul- there's multi layers. And, and I think that what I found is people who are trying to make it just black and white or one plus one equal two, we're trying to simplify, meaning if I just speak up, I will not have a thyroid condition, right? Or if I change it's my, that rela- easy. right. Or if I change my relationship 
to uh, change, I'll be able to move, right? My feet, my ankles, my knees. Well, if you haven't taken care of them or if they're just deteriorating, there's still going to be challenges, even if you are now willing to change, right? And so just as somebody who's read Louise Hay and has been approached by so many people about that, um, just know that it's multi-layered, that we're all doing mm-hmm. the best we can, and that healing really can only help, right? Give us more peace. Give us some answers. I mean, it can, you know, when when we when we fall into a moment of illness or injury, you know, the beginning is the hardest part because we have to adjust that something happened, you know, and very often I think also uh, when we're talking about like we're getting to an age in which our, you know, people who are older than us, you know, parents, grandparents, just friends that are older are beginning to go or become ill. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's not the end of the world necessarily. Sometimes I just have to kind of figure out like they have to figure out how to live with the moment. And that just because you're older doesn't mean you're not going to heal either. And there's a lot of like, I think, especially on the heels of the last four years in which like panic comes fast to everybody, which is a lot of reasons why the world is sort of in the shape it is. is Everything's a knee-jerk reaction at this point. Everything's now, now, now. But it's, you know, on a personal level, it is very much like, okay, someone got ill. They can also heal. Yes. I'm so glad you're bringing that up. I know at least four people who are in their 80s who are in remission from cancer, and they only got it like 78 or something or 79. Yeah. Yeah. And they were healthy enough to make it through. <clears throat> they're still walking around. They're doing their things. Um, let's not assume, right, that people of certain age cannot heal. I love that so much. And, you know, I just realized we've been talking about this. And I'm like, wait, let's just define, you know, from your viewpoint, um, from your experience, what is medical intuition? I was like, we should have done this at the beginning, but it's okay. For anybody who's listening. I don't want to assume that anybody knows. Okay, I think I you know I have there there're not a lot of us around or at least people that sort of are out about it. Um I'll say that. It's easier that way. Um but I do have a couple of friends who also do the work like like specifically and we're all very different. So I can just tell you what it is for me. Um it feels like a very different component to my psychic work or my mediumship work. It works along with it sometimes, but it feels very different. And it is the focusing on another body's health, um, where they are in the moment and what might be coming up. Um, I have uh, my other friends, some people do more of like a psychic surgery. um, And I find that to be very, very different. Um, But again, they also, we sort of read, the initial read is is very, very similar. Like we kind of come into it right away. I find that when I start to read somebody medically, um, it happens much faster and much clearer to somebody sometimes when when you're reading psychically. And I get in fast, but sometimes people have like the emotional walls up. They don't even know they have up and you kind of got to like... You gotta work with it a little bit. You gotta just poke around. Um, and sometimes they're resistant, right? Or even if the answers are correct. Um, but something about medical intuition, it's uh for me, it's like uh it's just a clear read. It's a clear read. I love that so much. <clears throat> Interesting that you brought up psychic surgery because that's an element of the master level in, in Usui Reiki. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what I train people in. Um, so I was like, oh, I didn't know that some psychic mediums did it that way. But oh I'm, yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, a friend of mine does does that work. Um and it's always really it's always really fascinating to me because I don't do psychic surgery. Um, but I, I do have uh my so my version of it is being able to tell you exactly the doctor you're supposed to go to for the for the issue not just the kind of doctor but perhaps the doctor <laughs> so i love that practical advice in the here and now because girl you're a virgo right so <laughs> but you're a virgo with scorpio right if i remember properly. scorpio rising leo moon yeah Girl, I know. I was like i know i felt the, the scorpio but i know the yeah and that's one of the things like that I love about you too, you know, as a friend, as, as the professional that you are, such integrity, you're so amazing. You're on point. And I think, I think that, we have that in common. We have all those things in common, you know, birds of a feather. Yeah. Um, and I love that you say it the way it is. You call it for what it is. You're not going to make it frou-frou. You're not going to like sit there and give, you know, what I call metaphysical masturbatory, you know, manipulations (laughs) where people are like, (laughs) I think we have to be careful. We walk, we, we get into very, and I don't think people realize it. And I think people who are new to this work and sort of feel like a new power in it, you know, you are in very intimate spaces with people and we don't want to cross lines with culturally, religiously, emotionally. Um, and then if you're doing, when I do medical work, everyone's like, I don't, if anything's really wrong, I don't want to know. It's like, oh, I'm not a brimstone and fire kind of reader. Like I will probably, you know, at the worst, I'll be like, you know what, get to a doctor like now, <laughs> you know, like let's let, you know, the, it, there's, uh, you know, there's a kindness that, is not coloring the situation, but is just respectful. And I think that's, you know, I'm not hiding anything from anybody. Very often also with bigger diagnoses, they won't give me anything, everything, but they will, they will be like, you must go. I had a dear friend who was very concerned about her health some years ago. And like, I was shocked by the way I spoke to her. And it came out of, and I was like, she's like, is this cancer? And I was like, they're not giving me that, but get to a doctor now. And I want you to move because it was all environmental. Wow. And and she was like, I've never heard you read like this. I was like, I don't even know where this is coming from. Get to a doctor today. And she did. And I was like, and then I want you to move. You have to move. She's like, well, my lease is up in two months. I was like, not soon enough. I've done that twice, actually, with people. And both times, like, I was correct about it. I love that. Yeah. You just reminded me of a friend. I mean, it's funny, not funny, not funny. She's fine. But she was calling me from the street of Queens, New York, clutching her chest like 15. Am I having a heart attack? And I'm like, don't call me. Go to the hospital. You need to more. And she needed like five. But you were like, just go, you know, if you're in pain. Like, don't call your side. Yeah. Or they, they will let you know that it's something that crucial. But like, right. I'm, you know, like, you must go now. You must yeah, go. That you supported her in that way. Um, I know we were just talking. I want to talk about your podcast. And I want to talk about how you're training in hypnotherapy. And you're going to be offering something new. But let's talk about your podcast for a moment. 
So I know that the pool party has been around for a while. Can you tell us more about it? Sure. Um, my podcast, the Psychic Pool Party. Um, it started, it is now a podcast, but it started lockdown. And my good friend Joey Stocks and I wanted to do something together. And we ended up, because obviously we were all in full lockdown, um, we, you know, would go on and bring on fabulous people like yourself. We wanted to talk to like a bunch of weirdos about like what they do. And of course, at the time, and you probably recall, like everybody would show up in bathing suits on their Zoom screen and we'd all have pools and beaches behind us. And it was really sort of this like riotous, fun chaos every Saturday morning during lockdown. It sort of changed throughout that. And then I, last year, I was like, you know what? I think it's time for it to be a podcast podcast. And I have the wonderful luck of having uh, my cousin, who's like my, who's like my sibling, Charles Stella, who is a producer and a musician and a sound designer and has a whole sound studio in his home uh, to produce it with me. And the first season's been a hit we're already working on the second season and we bring lots of light workers like yourself and just really interesting people we have musicians we have in the second season we have dana cowan who's the former editor-in-chief of food and wine and an old friend of mine from back in my food days um we've got some underground horror writer directors who are still making movies after 35 years together um we've obviously got more readers then we can even shake a finger at. So it's really <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. And we have actually um, next week, I'm going to be interviewing um, the founders of Afro chic. And we want to talk about the sanctity and the cultures of home and what that means to people. So I think, you know, instead of sort of like doing a direct, like cleansing uh, episode, I kind of want to talk about how people who are not like you and I, but like, you know, how we feel about our home and what it means to us. Oh, I love so, God. I love that so much. Kind of a riot. <laughs> Especially coming out of a time where, right, we were at home. And also now so many people are working remotely that sometimes they can ignore their surroundings. So I would love to hear that episode. And I mean, I've enjoyed being at the original psychic pool party with the pool behind us. I love being at the <laughs> second one with the podcast. <clears throat> and I just love the people that you gather. I think they're unique, they're different. And um Tell us now, I know we've talked about this, so you've stepped into hypnosis now, and tell us like what you're discovering in your journey of training in this and now bringing it to you, the work that you're doing. Sure. Well, you know, you and I have had this conversation before where I was really sort of surprised when I started doing this work, like fully professionally, which has been a bit over 10 years now, how much I would have to be in the face of somebody's grief. Right. People really do call us for mediumship and for any sign, kind of care um, and messages. And, you know, you get to a point, I feel, where you're like, you know, I better educate myself because I don't want to mishandle somebody. And we are not therapists, but we can be many other things. And, um, you know, while we were sort of creating actually the psychic pool party for the podcast. I was like, I think in season three, which will be coming up, you know, later this summer, we, we really need to sort of do a deep dive onto like palliative care and death and sort of, because it's much more talked about now. 
And we have uh, we have a wonderful death doula and actually documentary filmmaker named Heather Hogan who's coming on this season. She does a, um, a docu-series called Death Differently because there's so many things about death we don't know and we don't talk about that are available to us, right? And um, I want one of the things I noticed in my medical intuitive work was how grief affects the body and, and the nervous system and that we all go through very differently, but it doesn't have to be something that's like reckless and just deal with it as is. So I sort of embarked on the hypnotherapy because I'm creating a program while talking to a number of I mean, death specialists um, on working with programs where people can come to me for hypnotherapy and work with their grief. So it doesn't, it doesn't wreck us like it does because also we don't have a lot of, I think, post-death care other than, you know, therapy, which is so important. Um, but a lot of people don't have access to it. Um, so I'm hopefully, um, this is something I can both offer um, to those who who need it, who can't afford um, otherwise, um, and for people who want to support it. I have like the angel fund when anyone feels like they want to donate and then it goes directly so I can work with people for free, pro bono. Um, but that's sort of, so it's, it's in the making. I believe, I think uh, things will sort of be, I will be fully certified and feely sort of working with the death specialist probably by the end of the spring. If all goes oh my well. God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you because you. Um, we need good therapists. I mean, we need good hypnosis and hypnotherapists out there. And I've found it to be such a powerful tool in my own life and just in my client's life. And I know that if you are practicing this along with your gifts, I mean, you're going to be serving so many and doing so much good and helping. And I, I just can't wait. So let me know because I want to share it with everyone. And I love that you brought up the fact, you know, that, I mean, I lost half my family in one year and yeah. I was not in therapy that year. I, I, I think that I, the next year or maybe part of it. Um, but I almost felt, I hate to say this, even though the therapist that I worked with briefly that year, they were teaching a, a class in a university or whatever. I felt that they were not very good, you know, you have to find the person. It's like you know? there's there's people, there's things that are missing. And like you were saying earlier that um, not everybody has access to therapy, but also that we always tell people to go to therapy because as psychic mediums, as medical intuitives that you are, as hypnotherapists, we can do oh so much. And it could do a lot. It could change. It could change lives. It could change mindsets. It could heal. At the same time, that continuous unpacking right? The continuous unpacking is what a therapist would do weekly or would do monthly. That's right. So um, I think it's really important what you're bringing up because, I mean, I'm happy with the way that I dealt with my grief and it's still, you know, going through time, going through 2020, 21, 22, it's been dealt differently through space and time. But I also know people who've slid into a space where they couldn't work. Yeah, of course. And maybe that's what they, you know, that's what their soul needed. That's what they needed where they, I mean, and they actually were able to do that because somebody was holding them up, but they were, they couldn't work where they went into depression when the anxiety was overtaking them where they, so I think that this work is going to be phenomenal because we can't even control how grief works through us. No, we no never know. Like I'll be all right. And next thing you know, boom. And you're like, what's happening to me? 
And how you react when you lose one person is very different when you lose another one. You know, not everybody has the same reaction all the time to each loss in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, also, as you were saying about some people just can't work and we don't have that accommodation in this world. And yet we should. Yeah. You know, like we take a couple of days off, take a week off. It's like, oh, we don't know what that's going to look like for anybody. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have space for a real true mourning and for respecting the process. One of the things that somebody said to me was they lost somebody near and dear a couple of months ago. And they're like, in the beginning, everybody brings plates of food or they ask, how are you doing? Um, but then after a while, it stops because they assume that you should be OK. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I just go, how are you every time I see them? How are you really? Yeah, how are you? You know, how, you how are you and how are you really? Um, so I love this work that you're doing. And um, let's see. You. Have you, what is something that you've noticed? Because I know that you've been putting out a lot in your newsletters, um, predictions. So yeah. Is there anything in your heart right now that you want to share with us? Um, um, well, I think... One of the things, and this is a, this is a big statement. One of the things that has come up in my predictions, I usually do it at the end of every year for the following year. This year was a little late, so I did it right after the first. Um, is and I'm talking about the country we're sitting in right now. We're sitting in America, um, and I've always seen this, and it still comes up every time I sit down and I do it. Is that we will eventually. It, we may we're already beginning to see it we don't know what the outcome is going to be but in history this is going to be considering sort of like the beginning point of it i believe that america will end up as about five different territories wow and i think we're really beginning to see that yeah you know we're really you know people are beginning or you know different areas of the country are feeling very differently about everything and when we were growing up you know, there were still handshakes across the aisle. Yeah. Right? Despite whatever it is, no matter how, and believe me, the country was no better, but, but there, but even if it was just to show, we can't even fake it anymore. Right. Right. It's the, the, the country was like busting at the seams. And, and it's interesting because it looks, whenever I look into the future at it, it looks sort of like where Europe has ended up, right. A number of different countries. Um, finding themselves sort of like now kind of getting along ish right ish um and getting along ish right now is a lot better than sort of like where where the combusting is maybe happening um but i think that's kind of the big one it's funny because people are like oh no and i'm always like really i feel really good about it. <laughs> like, if that's the thing that sort of makes people sort of like sit into themselves and sort of like return to like just everyday being people and, and whatever it is, then, then so be it, you know, then sort of like find, you know, that's how people feel more protected and people panic when they don't feel protected. Yes. And a lot of people get addicted to that panic. Yes. Hello. Yes. Right. And that's why people are, have like these sort of like very intense opinions now that are are shown. I believe they're already there, but the addiction to panic. Right. And it's being fed 
by much of our news and, and, and addicted to panic, addicted to panic. And it's sort of like, eventually, I don't think the human body can handle it or the human, uh, organism as, as a whole since we're all connected in some way shape or form um and and so when i'm like oh no it's like that five territory thing will be much easier like you know if you could ha- if you can handle it better right as sort of five territory why not yeah why opening not? to change i mean that's the only constant right is change and so i think that you're right we're at a level of combustion where it's like well this or go bust i mean maybe that yeah. would be be like the alternative change is is always messy like we are we and we are so we're getting messier and messier every day i know my god it's so much um before we close is there anything that you can share with anyone about how they can listen to their own bodies more you know as a medical intuitive I say this also with just sort of dealing with my own journey with my own self, because so much of what we are taught is to sort of not listen to our intuition, not listen to our bodies. Like I know better. Don't listen to what you know to be true. We get that from, you know, organized religion. We get that from God. We get it from the medical world. Um, And yet we need the medical world, right? We still need them uh, is to really, Take what you feel seriously. Because, you know, it's like, oh, is it all in my head? Well, if it's all in your head, let's talk about that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is all. And if you go to a doctor who not, somebody's not taking you seriously, find another doctor, right? Find the person who will be sympathetic to you. You know, and you don't know, I don't care who the specialist is or how great they are or how much they cost. It's like, find that person. You know, it sort of relates a little bit to one thing I always say about doing this work. I always say to everybody, you may love what I have to say. Like you see me on social media, you dig my website, whatever, but I may not be your person. You may be like, I really like her. I dig her, but she's not my person. Like, tell me. And I have people, right, who I think are amazing. And it could be anything. It could be culturally. It could be how I look. It could be I remind you of your mother who wants that or or that's good. Um, you might want a, a man. You may want somebody a million things, culturally anything. Like, let me know. I have people that I would love to recommend to you. And I feel very much about, like, if you don't like that doctor for some reason, there's a reason that is significant. Like you find somebody who meshes with you, makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel better. Yes. Thank you so much. I was just moved to ask you that because I'm like, just going to drop some wisdom here and (laughs) I totally support what you're saying. We're not, we're not invited by society, by our community, by life, by the world to trust ourselves. And we have to, because we have to be our own advocates when it comes to health, when it comes to everything, but health is so important. And finding someone that you feel like aligned with and who's listening to you, who cares? Yeah. And I think you get to a certain age and you really realize like what health means. Hello. We're there. (laughs) Oh, oh, so here. So here. (laughs) Oh my God. So Heather, where can people find you? Where can they reach out and book you for a session? What is the website? What is Instagram? What is the TikTok? Let us know. 
Okay. Uh, so heathercarlucci.com is my website. You can book everything there. You can always DM me on Instagram as well, which is Heather Carlucci Medium. My podcast is psychicpoolparty.com and we're available on all wherever you get your podcasts. And TikTok is, is Heather Carlucci Medium One. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Gracias por, por having me. I'm so excited. Listen to your bodies, people. Por favor, follow Heather. She's amazing. And she's really the real deal. She has integrity. She's got the know-how. And um, yeah, and I love her. So I invite you to love her. It's one and no one. (laughs) Bye, everyone.